This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to episode 325 of MuggleCast. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. Happy Father's Day to, well, none of us. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yes, we are. It, yet. However, we are, um, I, I, think it, I think it's uh, appropriate that we mention that one of our uh, fellow co-hosts just became a father actually yesterday. Yes. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Mikey B had a child yesterday. I believe it was a girl mm-hmm. with his lovely wife Leslie. When somebody brought up that he that the that the kid was born the day before Father's Day, I actually teared up a little bit. I was like, "Oh my god, that's so beautiful." What a beautiful gift. What a perfect gift for Mikey. Her name is Amelia. Yeah. And great news. So congrats congrats to Mikey, any Harry Potter uh, fathers in the Harry Potter books we should shout out, shout out to? Maybe Lupin. Uh, definitely Mr. Weasley. Mr. Weasley, of course. James. Poor Snape. Did Snape want kids? Um, I don't know. I wish Dumbledore had a kid. Yeah, Dumbledore probably has a kid, though. Well, we haven't found out about him. <laughs> probably <laughs> has a kid. Somewhere. He probably has a kid. Yeah. <laughs> when you're 150 years old, hey, you get around. He traveled the world. I'm sure yeah. he's got a kid somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Guess so. Yeah. Wanted to experiment with a woman one day, and yeah, or magical because I have no idea. Um, yeah, but uh, other dads, other dads, uh, Lucius Malfoy, of course. Oh, to hell with him! <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, is that one you really want to shout out? Ah, uh, well, he's how about a dad. in honor of the Chris Child being a year old? To Harry, to oh yeah, Draco, Ron, <laughs> they're all growing up. Yeah, you know, we were supposed to be growing up with Harry, Ron, Hermione, Draco, etc., and suddenly they jumped like ten years ahead of us and, and had, had kids. kids. And yeah, we're like, well, well, wait a second, we're, <laughs> we're behind the curve now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know you Slow mentioned uh, Dumbledore, but I would say there's probably a higher probability that Sirius has some kids someplace in the UK. <laughs> why? He just yeah, seems why? like that kind of uh, character. But like he'd uh, hit it and quit it, that he'd leave and not support a child. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get I'm, at the core. No, of I'm what saying we're there's, there's a high probability yeah. that maybe he just doesn't know that he has a child out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he seems maybe from everything we know, he seemed to be kind of the bad boy along with uh, James in in yeah at Hogwarts, right? I'm yeah. no, I'm with, I'm with you 100. Mm-hmm. percent Um, yeah, it's I'd say it's likely. I'd say it's and. More we have a couple of people listening live on patreon.com slash mugglecast right now, and they're bringing up the most obvious one. We're forgetting. Alex and James say happy Father's Day to Voldemort. Happy Father's Day, Voldemort. Oh, shoot me in the face. Um, we never, never would have thought we'd be saying that was canon. 
But here we are. Happy Father's <laughs> Day to Voldemort. I guess it's fitting. We have to surprise. We have to celebrate now. Uh, that yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm Thanks. gonna also uh, wish a Happy Father's Day to Aragog. I don't think he gets the uh, <laughs> attention that uh, he, I'm assuming it's he. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, it's a he. Yeah, I mean, he's I, a I grand, saw, He's I mean, a grandfather. We, all of his children were in Chamber of Secrets, so I mean. Yeah, and uh, and I think didn't they uh, show up in the battle uh, of Hogwarts, or maybe I'm you making know, that up. So yeah, anyway, I think they Aragog. were. I, that might have been more in the context of they were defending their forest from being like, yeah. I don't think they sided with the humans in the way that the centaurs chose to, but I think they were. If they were in the battle, it was it was a well fought thing. All right, I think that's enough dad talk. Um, <laughs> you know, I, and happy Father's Day to all of our listeners out there. Everybody call your dads. Maybe dads. Mm-hmm. Um, I just mentioned Patreon. People are listening live right now, thanks to everybody who does support us over on patreon.com slash mugglecast. I wanted to plug a little new feature we have right on the homepage of our Patreon. You can now see a section on the left side called Featured Tags, and these break down the posts into categories. We created uh, three featured tags with the best stuff, our, our, some of our best content. There's a bonus MuggleCast tag, there's a chapter readings tag, and there's a benefits tag. The benefits tag is particularly helpful if you sign up uh, in the future because you will find there posts that help you get set up with the exclusive material that we release on Patreon, including the form to, su- to sign up to be a co-host here on MuggleCast if you are at the Slug Club level. We also have instructions on how to add the bonus material to your podcasting app. And that's one of the best new features of Patreon in the past year. You can now subscribe to our Patreon audio material through the app that you already listen to MuggleCast with. So maybe iTunes or I personally use a podcasting app called Casts on ios it's also on android so you can just easily get the content uh how you listen to the main muggle cast show yeah that's a that's a great feature and all these like links these features were previously existent but very spread out and we always get asked you know how do i do this how do i add this to and so it's it's nice that they've uh i like the redesign i need to spend more time you know sifting through it but it looks uh very much easier and like just more it, it, yeah it's just more accessible yeah they really yeah the, eric's referring to the new design that patreon released i assume you mean right the yeah yeah, yeah. And all that yeah, yeah it looks good it looks mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. anyway um on today's show so we were going to have a character discussion on newt we've been leading up to that mm-hmm. but a opportunity came up that eric's been working on behind the scenes and it was actually my idea was it oh. yeah it actually well, was. Eric's been the one who's <laughs> in contact. It's, it's, been, it's a group Eric, effort. Eric did all the legwork. I just had the idea. There's oh, a Eric, there's, do this. Okay. There's, yeah. There's a surprise coming um, for our Newt episode. We have plans yes. um, for it. So instead, that's getting pushed off uh, just one week. Yeah. And today, instead, we're doing something equally exciting. Yeah. We're talking about the 20th anniversary... Harry Potter books, the house editions. So Micah and I ordered them 
and they came in from overseas because they're only available in the UK and Canada. Mm. So we're going to talk about them in a little bit. I was so excited to get mine. I don't know about you, Micah. Yeah. and it, Well, I, I have a, a, a bit of a story around uh, their arrival, so I'll, I'll save that. I do too. Okay. <laughs> this this could be uh, maybe we have uh similar experiences here and and they're yeah. not they're not very positive. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> here we go complaining about Harry Potter again. God. <laughs> All right. Um but first we're going to talk about some news. It's been a rough week for me, you guys. <laughs> Harry Potter wise, it's it's been really stressful. Um Pottermore released a new infographic kind of commemorative commemorating 20 years of harry potter a really beautiful infographic with all the characters and they're trolling us again with this lavender brown dead or alive stuff so (laughs) you mouse over all these characters in the infographic for example you'll mouse over let's let's pick out characters we know who are definitely dead fred snape tongs dumbledore lupin concrevy they all mention specifically that they died they say this person died and then you mouse over lavender and what do you get (laughs) she would sadly be mauled by fenrir grayback during the battle of hogwarts no mention of if she actually died like every other character who died in this infographic Mm -hmm. so you know i've uh our listeners know my my stress with this very well at this point so people started tweeting me once they saw this infographic (laughs) and uh i wrote an article about it to uh, not let them down but i just is i feel like there's some i'm starting to think that there's like this information bank at pottermore and they just rely on that they don't go to jk rowling they don't talk about things there they just have this in uh, they, this 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 encyclopedia if you will of information and they just rely on that all the time and that does not state whether she's dead or alive and they don't bother to clarify that mm. this is just <laughs> uh, do you think though it's it i don't want to say running joke but i i feel like it's become a bit of a <laughs> I, I do feel it like certainly has with us. I yeah, I do I do feel like the more we press JK Rowling, the least likely she is to the less likely she is to answer. Yeah. Um because we're all I, I came out in support of you. I retweeted you, I was like, we need to know this right away. There's no reason not to know. Um Right. And you've got them, I mean, with this article, you've got them dead to rights. Like what they're doing now is it was funny at first. Now it's just unacceptable. Yeah, come on, Maybe, come on! Uh, I just want to know she's going to end up with her own spinoff series. That's that's <laughs> yeah, the big that's... reveal. She's going to appear in the uh, Corman Strike novels, uh, <laughs> the next one that's going to be released. So yeah, as a werewolf um, or werewoman, I don't. What's, what's I guess it'd still be werewolf. So someone did, to be fair, someone did point out to me that there's a. They linked me to this feature ad. I'm trying to find it in my tweets right now. Um, a feature at the making of Deathly Hollows where. The actress who plays Lavender Brown, Jessie Cave, she says specifically that Lavender dies because David Yates came up to her. She's retelling a story and she says, David Yates came up to me and said, you're going to die. And she was like, oh, oh, okay." So she was kind of taken aback by that. But my point is that it's a positive in the movie, in the movie, she definitely does seem to die. I don't. But but still. Does she though? Wise, I I remember the the scene. It's almost like he's feeding on her, right? Mm-hmm. And then is it Hermione right. that blasts her away, blasts him away? 
Blast right. him away, yeah. Um, and he's sort of defeated before he completes the job, I think. <laughs> Somebody else brought up in, in my tweets that she was like, I'm going to go with her living because Hermione always saves everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione doesn't let anybody die. Hermione would take it personally <laughs> upon herself uh, to do that. Well, I think so, too. And, and Fenrir is known for not finishing the job, actually, also. He purposefully turns people into werewolves, children mm-hmm. into werewolves. Uh, Lavender's pretty old. I mean, she's, you know, 17 or 18 versus how old Lupin was when he got changed. But uh, I don't think it's unlikely that Lavender Brown could be, um, you know, a survivor of that attack. Carrie brought up that Hermione point to me and Tom brought up that video. So thanks, guys, for sharing those thoughts. But, you know, talking about the the actress who plays her the movie could, in fact, be different from the books, right? Yeah. That's right. That's the flip side of this in that there's no concrete proof unless, of course, J.K. Rowling is willing to just own up to it at this point. I, I think well, I mean, it's it was, it was up there. It just is not answered. Wasn't it up there and they removed it and that caused this controversy yes. to begin with? Right. That, like, Well, it originally said on Pottermore that she was presumed dead presumed dead and oh then we were like you're pottermore shouldn't you know if she died or not <laughs> and then and they, then they removed it. that yeah <laughs> so i think we caused this issue to begin with yeah <laughs> i i just anyway yeah stay tuned for the next update <laughs> yeah yeah um here's a little more news that stressed me out this week um <laughs> so harry potter and the cursed child they have an online store you can buy all the stuff that you can at the play itself. Can you buy the owl? And they <laughs> I, stop it know, with the owl. They did have owls for sale at the store in person. I so just hope that he's I, getting royalties because he did not get the opportunity to do a full year-long performance. He was for, cut early. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Justice yeah. for the owl. But wait, can you buy the, the even the ones the after only available in part two, like uh, Voldemort Day? Um, what was it that you could buy? Like, right, you is... could buy Voldemort Day uh, a T-shirt and like pencils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are those available on the online store? That's a good question because I guess that would kind of be a spoiler. Hashtag it? keep the secrets. Yeah. So anyway, um, you can now purchase Albus and Scorpius's Cursed Child wands online. So these are the first two new wands from the Harry Potter world. I mean, other than the Fantastic Beasts, they don't really introduce wands too often. I don't think because. Mm. They had released all the characters' wands a while ago, and that was it. Yeah. So if you really love Albus or Scorpius, you can purchase the wands. I know Cullen, who listens to the show, and big Scorbus shipper, he he purchased both of them immediately. <laughs> but uh, I wrote in my article, don't let the wands touch, because they are straight. But I also found it interesting that they didn't introduce Rose's wand, because like, she's kind of a major character so why not aren't they the two main ones well? though yeah but scorpius ends up with rose and like i don't know well we don't know for sure if they end up together in the long run but... i don't i seem to remember her role being sort of small in the books like she it is, is small yeah mm-hmm. like oh no, it is yeah because what am I going to complain about if i don't No, yeah sorry no, we I... didn't mean to uh yeah you, you know i'm <laughs> looking at the our... store yeah, I'm I'm looking at this store. There's this dark mark with like a, a snake that's that has like a claw thing coming out of it logo design. It just says black mark or dark mark t shirt. 
I don't mm-hmm. see like a, uh, a Voldemort Day. Does the thing actually say Voldemort Day on it? No, no, no. It's just oh. the logo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I, I think that it's, it's available on the store. Scorpius's wand, by the way, actually is kind of interesting because um, there are Roman numerals on it. And there's an interview with Scorp- with the wand designer for Cursed Child. And she said, I imagine he might have carved them himself as a way of forming his identity by marking time and his presence in the carvings. You're going to run out of wand, little boy. Yeah, I mean, he basically, it looks like it counts up to nine. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? I, I don't I don't know. I think I've stated a couple times before how I feel about these wands being overly, um, you, like, recognizably different on the outside. Um, I, I think, I hate that, actually. Um, how in the movies, every, you know, like, Voldemort's got the bone wand. Um, and if you believe canon, like, I have a James Potter wand that's got spider webs on it. Um, and I just think it's, it's unnecessary. Like, I, I love the spider webs? infinite. Like- yeah, yeah, actual spider webs. Um, and Hermione's has leaves on it. Um, like it's just, and that's like the official one that she had in the films. It's just, I don't see the, I understand, you know, the movie to prop department having to distinguish. Um, but I think as far as book canon goes, they're unique. They're infinitely diverse because of the core and the wand, uh, wood and the length. They're not distinguishable from the outside in such a clear way. That's my canon version of the wand so i i don't like these you know extra ridges and oh let's let's one-up ourselves and create an even cooler wand like uh uh scorpius's wait which one was uh got the roman numerals on it was it scorpius no it's albus severus well the other ones yeah the other one's got a bunch of like bumps on it like it wasn't uh cut properly i you know i don't i don't know you know i I just this is for somebody else other than myself um these ones yeah I gotta be honest, I've never really had the urge to purchase a Harry Potter wand. Like, I have one or two, but I'm not like, ooh, my wand. I value the books Mm -hmm. and, like, other memorabilia, but I'm just not, I guess I'm just not a wand guy. I'm not a wizard. Hmm. I could give you some of my wands. I have, like, 10 or 11. (laughs) That's what I was gonna (laughs) be. Is it, it's gotta be a collector's item, right? I mean... Yeah, it comes in a cool box. It does. Um, the box is pretty. And are these but it made, says the eighth story. But wasn't it the Noble Collection? Is that who originally made one? Or yeah, they still do. I assume it's still the Noble Collection who's making these, but it doesn't say. Mm. Um, yeah, the Noble Collection has the officially licensed, and then Olivans was one of those uh, fan-made wand crafters who were able to yeah. early on sell a lot of wands. Which I, I love their wands. I have about seven. Oh, wow. um, yeah, because they they do special wands for all the different cons throughout the years, you know, mm-hmm. um, and those are more of like the low profile, low key, really cool kind of just, you know, quick and swishy um, ones that I that I like that aren't engraved with the souls of the dead or something um, <laughs> for like to show that he's a bad wizard. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. So I got you. So they're not they're not character ones. They're not character ones, yeah. Because they They're couldn't ki- technically legally do that. Yeah. So, um, you guys, the, believe it or not, the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is coming up on June 26th. That's so soon. 
Yeah, in the UK. We're less than a week now. And what what is J.K. Rowling doing for it? I mean, shouldn't she be celebrating somehow? She's I, probably going to graffiti another bust at a, another <laughs> hotel in the uh, Scotland area. I just feel like she should be doing something. And I have this theory. Don't Don't take it too seriously, anybody. But there's a Harry Potter... 20th anniversary event happening at a bookstore in Chepstow, England. And technically it's happening at a hotel at a Marriott. Oh God. It looks like a castle. My prophecy has come true. (laughs) Yeah. So, so they, um, so they're hosting this event and Bloomsbury is promoting this event heavily and they keep calling it a special event. It's the only event they're calling special. I, I did a whole analysis of this. I, w- I was digging around. Okay. And it's also hosted by this this person called Florbel Laffalo. Who the F is Florbel Laffalo? That checks out. <laughs> now, they're claiming it's an actor. And, and maybe that's true. But I feel like between... Oh, and by the way, here's the, here's the kicker. This event is happening right next door, the town over from where J.K. Rowling spent the ages of 9, 10, and 11 uh, in her ch- during her childhood. And I just feel like there's too many pieces here. There's too many little things that kind of add up to a potential J.K. Rowling surprise appearance. Because I feel like she's got to do something for the 20th anniversary. And what better than a quote-unquote special event in a hotel that looks like a castle next door to where she grew up at the reading age where kids start reading Harry Potter. Um, you know what? At an event hosted by supposedly Florable Laffalo. This, yeah, Florable Laffalo does not exist. <laughs> I've, I've confirmed. The top 10 Google results are all Chepstow books uh, yeah. announcing that this person will be at this 20th anniversary celebration. Um, yeah. I just, I just, now I'm not convinced by any means, so I, so don't go to this anyone thinking she's gonna show up but i i I think this i think she will i think this is really like excellent detective work this has to happen thank you thank you very much and here's the other thing these new 20th anniversary editions just came out how about a book signing sign these new books yeah yeah no i mean this is this is as close to a sure thing as i would ever venture could exist um everybody should get themselves over to chepstones <laughs> on the 26th <laughs> i'm being completely serious like i would i would 100 percent show up in expectations yeah. to i mean it, it's it just seems like the pieces are coming together i mean your article lays yeah. it out but well, and the kicker for me is why does Bloomberg, bloomsbury keep featuring this event because there's a bunch of events happening all around the uh, all over england they have this yeah, events sh- map and there's mm-hmm. tons of things but yeah surely waterstones is doing something i mean surely yeah. like you know yeah anyway we'll keep an eye on that see what happens next week at the least we better get some good tweets from jk rowling Laura laffalo is fake <laughs> it's her new pen name <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about these 20th anniversary house editions of Philosopher's Stone. Like I said, Micah and I both got a couple copies. What what was the problem you, you had, Micah? What's your story? So I received them, I guess, earlier this week, or, or, or maybe it was last weekend. I don't remember. And 
uh, I got the the package, which is, you know, I mean, it's Amazon.co.uk, so it's exactly the same as Amazon for the most part. And I get the package, and first of all, it's it's pretty busted up. And not only is it busted up, but it's damp. It's it's wet. And what? it hadn't been raining here, and I found it kind of hard to believe that even if it was raining over in the UK when it was shipped, that it would still be wet right now. Uh, yeah, right. Ew. Uh, well, Alpost <laughs> has gotten so unreliable at th- these days. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just take it back. Get them to replace it. No, I I'm mean, sure it's a... Yeah. Well, one of them... The books weren't damaged? The Slytherin one was in fine condition, and then the Ravenclaw one was a little bit... You know, you could, you know how when pages get wet, they kind of... Yeah. I don't know what the right word is for it. And they've dried, but they're still like a, a discoloration. They're or... not even discolored. They're they're a little warped, but in the sense of of just you know they're they're look. a little bent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I guess overall, not a good experience having ordered from uh, Amazon.co.uk. So that yeah. that was well, that was just my initial uh, reaction to it. You knowing that I spent money uh, to have these shipped from the right. UK, yeah, 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 over here. It's uh, it's, dis- it's depressing that that uh, experience leaves something to be desired in this day and age. So I so uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, so my my books, I I was in LA last weekend, and I come home, and they're they're already arrived, and I they're it, it's on the table, and the box is open, and I'm like. I say to my dad, why do you open it? And he's like, I didn't open it. It came like that. I was like, what? What? Yeah, so the freaking box, I ordered three books. I, somehow I ordered two Gryffindor editions. I don't remember doing that, but okay. Um, so, I, yeah, um, the box was open, and unfortunately, the one Gryffindor edition and Slytherin, the, everything looks fine on those. But on the second Gryffindor edition the the cover the cover what is it called the slip cover whatever mm. it's a little bent at the top and it kind of it kind of annoyed me because it, it like i've kind of tried to lay it flat on a desk to to smooth out the bump but it's still there and it's frustrating cuz like micah said you know you order this brand new and it already comes a little a little From overseas a little beaten up yeah so, so you, you, yeah I was thinking maybe when I went through customs, they decided to open it up for whatever reason. Um, they should still reseal it. <laughs> They're sending, yeah, Amazon right. is sending wet opened uh, boxes to, to right. us from, I mean, you know, we're going to podcast about it. So they should have thought about <laughs> right. that. Don't they before. know who we are? Yeah. But, don't they know I mean, who my, dad, my dad encouraged me to send it back. But I was like, if it was Amazon US, I probably would. But UK, mm-hmm. it's going to have to, yeah. it would take forever to get a new one. I thought the so. same thing. I, w- I was thinking about potentially sending them back but well at least the raven club one and um just it yeah it's 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 not at the level of you know being complete it's not like the cover was ripped and the pages are you know pulled from the binding or anything like that but it definitely kind of sours the experience a little bit because these for i would assume for most people would be collector's editions right and we all have copies of of sorcerer's stone it's not like you know we're going out and, and getting these to read them, we're getting them to mm-hmm. to collect and you know, yeah, display them. For, you know, 
yeah. thirty or the 40 intention. Years. The intention would be to yeah to have them as as pristine as possible, as in mint condition as possible. Um, now, while well, forty years from now, they can you know still look good. Yeah, I mean, I've I think I have stuff that that you or <clears throat> excuse me, Andrew have brought back from from the UK that are in better condition than, than these books. Yeah, I mean, my uh, the last thing I bought off Amazon.co.uk was actually the um, Philosopher's Stone PAL format DVD because I wanted to see what was different, um, and I had to buy a special oh DVD player for it. Oh, but, boy, uh, super fan over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my $400 DVD player that, pay, that plays PAL, which I don't know where that is because this was like 2004, um, you know, it, it that came... The the shipping was fine, so I don't know what they've gone downhill since then, apparently. So, overall, though, that all aside, these books really are beautiful. Um, they live up to the expectations. So, um, depending on which book you get, you get the 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 cover is the house crest, and it's in the color of the house. So, for example, um, Gryffindor is red and black. Slytherin's green and black so on and so forth um the spine of the pages the pages themselves have um house colors like the gryffindor one is red and gold so it's like it's like a scarf right where it's like uh it does actually look like a scarf the stripes yeah yeah slytherin's green and silver and so on and then you open it's got a 20 years of harry potter magic sticker on the cover which is is kind of nice it's gold and then you open it up Oh, also on the cover, it says courage, bravery, determination on Gryffindors, of course. Um, And then you open it up and it has house exclusive information. So I'm just going to keep referring to Gryffindors. Um, There's the Gryffindor introduction and has a beautiful, beautiful portrait of Godric Gryffindor. Very finely detailed. I'm not an artist. I don't know what kind of art design this is. using the wrong word but um they also have sections like making gryffindors proud and they talk about the house founder the house relic the house ghost and then there's this and this is in all editions they have this beautiful hogwarts grounds map and it's got the hogwarts castle it's got the quidge stadium the broom shed hogsmeade station the greenhouses the whomping willow forbidden forest hogsmeade all that um and then you get into the actual book. <laughs> and then at the end, there's more content. There are, there's a uh, little quiz. There's the sorting process. Um, and they also have notable characters from that house. So overall, it's, it's a very cool collector's item. We still don't know what Scholastic is going to do for the 20th anniversary in the United States next year. I assume it's going to be something like this, if not these exact books, because these really are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, a lot of what you said. I think the it was interesting that the quote that they pulled for all of the different ha- houses were from the, uh, the Sorting Hat. I didn't know he was the uh, authority on, on all things related to uh, the four houses, but apparently Yeah, he's he a is. relic of the founders. Mm-hmm. Of course he is. And uh, I, I just found it cool. I know there's some information that, that we'll get to uh, that mm. they provided that was on all four of the houses. And uh, some of this information may have already been released on Pottermore, but I think some of it may be at least things that I was hearing or reading uh, for the first time. And 
Yeah, I think it's cool. I think that it's something that uh, Scholastic definitely should do if they're not planning to. Uh, and uh, we'll see. But uh, overall, I, I, I may have to pick up the other two at this point. I think that I feel yeah. a little bit... Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I might have to go over there and get them myself, bring them back, <laughs> instead of trying to order them through... Um... Make sure to take them through a rainy street, Yeah, um, yeah just exactly. so they look like your other ones. Mm -hmm. The uh, So I didn't get mine yet, uh, but I absolutely 100% will. Um, Hufflepuff, tried and proud and true. But um, fortunately, I had uh, Danya's article to 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 refer to. Um, Danya, of course, over at Hypable, wrote a review of the 20th anniversary editions and focused specifically on uh, Hufflepuffs. But uh, in addition to talking specifically about what the Hufflepuff stuff is, she happened to mention that the um, letters, whenever there are letters in the uh, book Philosopher's Stone, the handwriting is done up special. Um, and this is something that U.S. fans don't know any different uh, about because that was always the case with Scholastic. Um, if you remember, I think in particular, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, the teardropped letter when uh, Buckbeak is sentenced to death. There are those little teardrops, the longest things. But um, from the get-go, all the letters, including Harry's welcome letter to Hogwarts, were all done up with a different font than the original uh, than the rest of the story. So that was not the case with the UK editions, and I know because I have them. Um, you know, from the get-go, the entire book, letters and all, was done in, I think it's like Garamond, the same font. So there's no... And that was always a big deal for me, reading, because I really felt like, I don't know, the British were more proper. It didn't, it didn't add to, like, the escapism, whereas if you're reading the Hogwarts letter and it's got this crazy loopy font, like Mafalda Hopkirk you know, is doing this loopy thing with McGonagall's and you know, all the other fonts. Um, it's special, right? It's extra special. It seems like for the first time, a UK edition has embraced that. Um, and in particular, Danya wrote that Charlie Weasley's handwriting was neater than she expected um, or tighter oh, wow. than she expected. But but yeah, so it looks like they finally done a added a little flourish to an otherwise very stolid, you know, respectful UK version of the book it seems like they're having more fun with these still missing chapter art though ah, um, yeah. i guess kids just are more focused over there they don't need chapter art <laughs> yeah, and who needs that Less handwritten ADD. letters no but one one question that um i just thought of was for future anniversary editions and i'm sure there's a lot of different things that uh, bloomsbury and scholastic can come up with but you know if the focus of sorcerer's stone philosopher's stone is the founders specifically in, in the four houses? What would you do for Chamber of Secrets? What would you do for Prisoner of Azkaban? Do you focus more on some of the characters as opposed to what they did in in this particular edition? Yeah, maybe it's a one-off thing. I mean, I do think it is weird and sort of eggs all in one baskety to be talking about famous Hufflepuff. I mean, Hufflepuff in particular. I if I'm surprised they're mentioned in Philosopher's Stone at all. They play no role. Um, they're they're much bigger in Chamber of Secrets, and by that I mean still not very big, and even more big in Goblet of Fire when Cedric becomes a school champion. But you know the Hufflepuffs are so um, omitted 
from the general Harry Potter story. They're the least house to be featured. And yet this edition for, you know, reading this edition going through, you would expect that they were like as big a house as the others because the detail here, the level of care that's been put into explaining what, you know, embodies a Hufflepuff uh, and all this stuff is is there. You'd think it would actually be in the books. It's not, mm. but it is in this version, and that makes it sort of special but also a little weird, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. What's also cool is there's a sketch of the entry to the common room. Oh, yeah, I forgot about of, that. Yeah, and in this case, I'm looking at the fat lady, uh, entrance to the Gryffindor common room which was very cool so yeah they just they really thought these books out well there's nice extra material Mikey you bring up a good point I think I want the other two house editions as well that I'm missing now it'd be cool to have the complete collection because you don't know I mean to Eric's point this could just be a a one-time thing where they're just doing it for Philosopher's Stone because it was the first book similar wasn't there oh yeah was it the 10th anniversary edition of Sorcerer's yes. Stone here in the U.S., right? Yeah, Scholastic, yeah. but they. But let's be clear, they always intended to do more. It just didn't sell well. Yeah, I Is don't think fact? they're going to do house editions. I'm pretty sure that's fact. I, I don't know if it's a fact, but they definitely... Fake news. I, I feel like... I feel, <laughs> fake news. <laughs> I do feel like there was... Um, there was the intention of doing more anniversary editions, but yeah, they did. Because, like, why? The only difference was, I think, there was, like, a new cover on the Sorcerer's Stone 10th anniversary edition. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything new inside the book. No, there wasn't. I mean, I think... There was a drawing, I think, right, of, of Hagrid in the first years oh, going maybe. across the lake? Oh, maybe. I feel like if there's, at least with these editions, there's enough new, different stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Maybe right. on Pottermore, but, like, the fact that this stuff appeared on Pottermore previously, or some of it did, does not make this set unappealing. And I think, you know, you'll all agree with me, like, because we've always wanted what we saw on Pottermore in a book form. Like, mm-hmm. and the, I don't, but, I, so it's not like a deal breaker that this stuff is out there, but, like, reading it in a book, holding it in your hand is far superior. But but st- I don't even think it's that so much as, like, the... Harry Potter fans love share, showing their house pride. And mm-hmm. what better than uh, what better way than getting the first book in the series, the book that made you fall in love with Harry Potter, than getting a house edition specific book? Yeah. I don't think, by the way, they're going to be doing house editions of all the books. Like, it's just this one because it's the first. Right. And it's the 20th anniversary of the start of the Harry Potter series. So that's why that's why we're getting it. Um, maybe for the 30th anniversary, we will get hybrid Hogwarts houses additions <laughs> now for the 30th anniversary i want more harry potter <laughs> yeah right um but we wanted to mention also the the notable students that they shout out in each of these books because that's kind of interesting to see who they selected in gryffindor of course they picked harry potter also hermione ron uh dumbledore and they have a little bio for each of them nothing new in these really um they also mentioned McGonagall, of course, because she's the head of the house. There's a nice sketch of her. But yeah, it's just those five. Um, how about Ravenclaw, Micah? Yeah, and, and I, as mentioned, I think some of these may have uh, shown up on Pottermore when, when they went through the different uh, houses. But Ignatia Wildsmith, uh, best known for being the inventor of flu powder. Ooh. Garrick Ollivander. Sybil mm-hmm. Trelawney. Moaning Myrtle, which I did not know uh, I, or did not huh. remember that she was in Ravenclaw. That 
is interesting. I sort of remember that, but it, it it always bears repeating because I find that to be very interesting. Gilderoy Lockhart. Very forgettable. <laughs> yeah, it's forgettable, but to me it, it, it combines, it really makes Myrtle seem more of like a Luna figure who is just misunderstood, you know, picked on constantly, just misunderstood. Yeah, there isn't too much uh, information uh, in her bio. There's not much that's really known about her. Uh, so even though this is supposed to be additional information, the fact that there isn't much on her, I thought was uh, mm-hmm. kind of interesting that uh, J.K. Rowling didn't go into to more detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilderoy Lockhart uh, was kind of a surprise to me also. I don't know if that's explicitly mm-hmm. mentioned in Chamber of Secrets, um, but... I think it might be. Really? You would you would think so, but... I feel like, because we're reading that chapter now over on Patreon, but I feel like if it's not mentioned, then it might actually be mentioned either again in Book 5 or by J.K. Rowling in an early interview. Because I do... I feel like he was one of the first people that I knew was Ravenclaw. Because, again, like, Ravenclaws, there aren't a lot of them. Maybe Penelope Clearwater. She gets name-dropped in Chamber of Secrets. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that would have appeared before, but I feel like I heard it before. And it's it's explicitly mentioned that he's a mama's boy, which... Um, what? Yeah. It, it, it talks about how he has, um, I believe, a muggle father and a witch for a mother and um yeah my dad's a muggle mom's a witch yeah exactly just like Seamus Lockhart yes huh I can double check because I have the book right here so no as, yeah, as yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not yeah I'm uh, not to say I just think it's so funny and and Flitwick obviously then, yeah. um no surprise yeah. there uh but he mm-hmm. is called special attention to actually there's a drawing of him in uh this book uh, and then just a couple other notes that I put down here, kind of going off the Flitwick point. Um, he was a dueling champion, or that's at least the rumor, uh, for when he was uh, a young lad. Uh, he has some goblet ancestry, which would explain, I think, his his height, at least. And that he and Sprout had a long-term relationship that did not work out. Oh, wow. Huh. I could see that. What, not working to, out? To, well... Well, at least in the movie, Sprout's kind of short, so like two shorties <laughs> falling for each other. Oh god. I don't know. I, don't know. I will say it's it's so interesting comparing uh how the Ravenclaw has um Ignatia Wildsmith, inventor of flu powder, um, because it's drawing attention to sort of the overall magical accomplishments that each, you know, house uh can claim, and it's very much the same over on the Hufflepuff. Um, side where there is a person named Eglantine Puffet who invented the self-soaping dishcloth. Um, it's during a paragraph where it says... comparable, though, quite honestly. Well, hang on. Hey, I will fight you on that, You're sir. You're going to lose. You and your, you lost you and your house, you Pride. Your mouth. All right, we're going <laughs> to dueling club this. That was rough. That was real rough. We're, we're going to dueling club on Eglantine Puffet versus... Ignatia Wildsmith, because flu powder gets you places, but... Yeah, way more uh, people probably use it. No. Exactly. No, 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 no. How many people use air travel versus how many people there are in the world versus how many people use soap? Come on. It's not not even a contest. But how many brands of soap are there? Is she the Uh, only one that makes soap? (laughs) The self-soaping dishwash 
the, the self He's the inventor of soap. The, yeah. Okay. Uh, self soaping some, some just some quick notes, and, and we can talk more about this uh, on a, a bonus segment or something. But um, it was noted that uh, Rowena and Helga were uh, close friends, and mm. Um, mm. they also threw out Luna's mother's first name. And I don't ever remember hearing this uh, before. I don't remember hearing it from Luna or from Xenophilius. Uh, Pandora Lovegood uh, was. Luna's mother's name, and uh, also... Oh, God, that's fitting. Yes, it is, actually. Uh, made mention of the fact that uh, Ollivander sent Luna uh, a new wand uh, that she used during the Battle of Hogwarts after they spent all that time together at uh, Malfoy Manor. Aww. Interesting. Again, these, these yeah, these could be things that are on Pottermore I just overlooked, but um, they kind of yeah. stood out to me. Yeah, little, little tidbits. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um... I, I found it interesting. So all the houses have the the making house proud. So for example, making Slytherins proud, which I thought is kind of funny because for for Slytherins and Hufflepuffs in particular, you know, they kind of get like everybody's like, oh, Hufflepuffs useless and all oh, Slytherins mean. The making Slytherins proud section says it would be a mistake to assume that Slytherin is always on the wrong side of wizarding history. <laughs> in the Battle of Hogwarts, blah 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 blah. Well, in this case, I guess I should read it. In the Wait, Battle they of actually Hogwarts. McGonagall challenged Professor Slughorn and Slytherin House to decide where their loyalties lay and anticipated that they would abandon Hogwarts Castle and save themselves. Having apparently left the school, Slughorn returned, bringing reinforcements in a moment that typifies the shrewdness and cunning of Slytherin House. So, you know, there's kind of like... shrewd and cunning. You thought we were all going to leave, but nope, I, the one of me, has come back with reinforcements. No, he he rallied the... uh... The Hogsmeade uh, shopkeepers, yeah. right? From what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's right. redemptive for Slughorn, but I wouldn't say the house is redeemed. And, and some of the other <laughs> the, the, uh, creatures. There's only the so point far is, you though can, that if yeah. you're buying one of these books, presumably you are a major fan of this house. So this 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 book also kind of yeah, it tries to make you it 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 reinforces your. How proud you are of being well, in that well, house. I wouldn't bring up the Battle of Hogwarts at all. That is a scar on the mark of of, of Slytherins. Uh, that was the best they could do. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Slytherins shouldn't be proud. Many of them were uh, on the opposing side. I mean, they were there. They were just not fighting for the winning yeah. side in the end. But Yeah, that's a bit rough. I don't know. Notable Slytherins, though. Wow. Uh, I think we talked about this on a on a previous episode but the first that they call attention to is Merlin who we don't know Crazy. a whole lot about at least as JK Rowling um you know in in her world i obviously we know a lot about him from uh king arthur and and other sort of legendary tales but uh he's flipping merlin he was in <laughs> slytherin as well as Interesting. voldemort snape uh, Bellatrix and Draco; uh, those are the ones that get uh, profiled in the uh, the twentieth anniversary edition for mm. uh, Slytherin. And uh, a couple things that I pulled out: uh, one related to Draco. Uh, it says that he was uh, an Occlumens. I did not know that. Wait, who is an Occlumens? Draco. Draco. That's unbelievable. Is that a later in life revelation thing? Is that a what's it? It's a later later in books revelation at the very least. Like, why yeah. is this information in Philosopher's Stone at all? I don't care if it's a collector's edition. This, if this were one, some person's first Harry Potter book, 
um, reading this intro would contain lots of spoilers, like about the Battle of Hogwarts, for instance. Hmm. Uh, question mark. I'm making that emoji face where, like, the little hand is on the chin. Yeah, it says um, uh, skills, Quidditch seeker, Occlumens. Yeah. So, uh, but and, I will say, though, uh, to, to that point, they do write a lot of this stuff in a way that is not spoilery. So right. I noticed that when I was mm. when I was going through and, and reading the, the Ravenclaw and Slytherin editions that I don't think it would completely spoil you. Certainly there are things that are that are in there that go all the way through Deathly Hallows, so you may want to be somewhat careful, but also if if you're looking to buy a copy of this for your child, I would say hold on to that and let them read the original and, and you can give this to them once they uh they finished the series. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, again, this could have been something uh, that we all knew and I just forgot, but that Snape is the only Death Eater uh, that is able to produce a Patronus. I like that. Huh. Wow. I, 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 like, I like that and hate that, now that I'm thinking about it, because uh, there's a very real tie between... There's a, there's a reason that Voldemort can't produce a Patronus. J.K. Rowling in an interview has said Voldemort is, like, not human enough to produce a Patronus or something about, I mean, his soul, but also, like, the happy feeling sort of thing. I just don't buy that only good people, good characters, presuming that's the inference, can produce a Patronus, that Snape is the only Death Eater. Does that just mean he's the most accomplished wizard, or is there something functionally flawed with bad people who become... Death Eaters, like, is the fact that that they can't cast a Patronus some kind of way of tracking them down and exposing them as Death Eaters? I don't really get it. Like, I don't get what she's going for uh, by saying that. Well, it's drawing upon an extremely happy moment. And it's not to say that those Death Eaters can't have happy moments, but I think their happy moment would probably be predicated on something extremely evil. That should still work, though. But would it still um, be a Patronus? I, Patronus. I or a dark sure. Patronus. I just I think Patronus, it's I think yeah. it's a dark Patronus. I think it's uh I think it's dangerous though to do what J.K. Rowling has just done by saying that. Well, so late in the game. It's too. in print. D- so. n- you know what I'm saying though? I mean I, I think it it leads to a very like uncomfortable position whereby um bad people are just bad and can't cast a shield. Like it just seems like it's this extra canonical retconning where if the trials in the ministry had wanted to hunt out death eaters, look no further than just asking these people to these accomplished witches and wizards to cast a Patronus. And if they can't do it, they're going to Azkaban where they surely, well, surely they have can't their own means Patronus. of communication. I mean, we know that, um, you know, Dumbledore's mm-hmm. army and the order of the Phoenix, you know, they used, Patronus says to be able to communicate with each other and then yeah. really they're used to ward off Dementors right so why would a Death Eater need to ward off a Dementor? Well it's it's sort of like an additional shield they're also used against Lethifolds and they're just useful in general I think I, I like the idea that the good side would be able to find more use for them I get that 100% um, because the using Patronuses as a messenger thing is very very unique to Dumbledore and and, and the Order of the Phoenix but just casting a Patronus as a general thing that wizards are able to do, um, I think should be open to everybody. I don't. I, I think it's 
weird or dangerous, not to hark on this for too long, but to just say that all Death Eaters except Snape can't uh, produce a Patronus. Because none of them have mm. Horcruxes. I understand why Voldemort well, can't it, do it, you know? Yeah, uh, I I understand what where you're going. I, I just think okay. that it's it was probably made a notable fact because Snape truly at the end of the day is not a Death Eater. He's right. a yeah. force for good. Yeah. So um, getting to our Patreon question of the week, this is one of the benefits over on patreon.com slash mugglecast at the Dumbledore's army level. We regularly ask a question of our supporters. So thanks to everybody who answered this question. We wanted to do a question about the first book since, like we mentioned earlier, we're about to hit the 20th anniversary. Um, what would you change about Philosopher's Stone? <laughs> if you got your house edition and read it, what would, and, and while you were reading, what would you be outraged about or, or bothered by? We got some interesting ones. Yeah. Here's, here's why I like this question in general. Like, I often think of the first Harry Potter book as being mostly flawless, right? This is your introduction to the Wizarding World. Uh, this book isn't flawed. The future books are flawed. Like, if there's anything you don't like about the Wizarding World, it shouldn't be in the first book because the first book is the one that just strikes me as being the most meticulously crafted over a period of a decade, this, that, the, you know, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I love all of the answers that we got about this because they think of things in ways that I simply can't. Let's start with a really short but sweet one. Chad says the title he would change. (laughs) (laughs) No, that title's been changed enough, man. (laughs) Well, we should come up with alternate titles and he doesn't explain why, but Ashley chimes in thinking it has to do with, um, a spoiler, uh, but mm. I don't know if he just means changing it from the the UK edition or what. But we should come up with alternate titles on a future episode for fun. Yeah, um, let's just change everything about the book in honor of the anniversary. <laughs> um, Irvin says I would change the ending re house points because Dumbledore was just a total dick about it. Wow. Sure, the Slytherins aren't all great people, but they're still children to whom this means a lot. To essentially begin celebrating them and then snatch it away at the last possible moment by going neener, neener, really rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Either have very... Dumbledore award the points before the leaving feast or just drop the I plot like point altogether. This is, a great, yeah. this is a great change. And one of the other things that I uh, noticed at the end of each of the uh, 20th anniversary editions is they do talk about the House Cup specifically, and it's the same in each of the books. Uh, I wondered why they paid such close attention to it, but maybe it's because of... Uh, what transpires and the fact that Dumbledore, you know, really just uh, snatched glory away from uh, Slytherin. It is a very neener, neener moment. It is. But yeah, you're right, Micah, because even in the Hufflepuff edition, I was reading that uh, it says that Hufflepuff came very close to, if not snatched the house cup, one of Harry's years. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, for those of you who are looking to delve a little bit deeper into that, you can go see uh, Puffs off-Broadway. They draw <laughs> yeah. specific attention to the fact that uh, they were very close uh, to winning the House Cup, and actually it's a recurring joke uh, year after year. So, Oh, God. I, I like that. Out. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Isn't it kind of a mo- – but it's also a redemption moment. It's a feel-good moment as a reader. You're not you're not thinking about the Slytherins. Well, Irvin was, but you're not thinking about the Slytherins' feelings in that moment. You're thinking about Harry, Ron, and Hermione. You just did something very impressive for eleven year olds, and you're identifying with them, and you just want to see them 
win see see them be rewarded so yeah. i think it's just it's kind of a feel-good moment both for the characters and the readers i would add more hufflepuffs in general in philosopher's stone i think that'd be cool <laughs> that'd go a long way to setting the the, the uh, stage for them to be bigger players in the series overall Andy writes in, in reality, I wouldn't want to change a thing, but if I had to pick something, I think it would be cool to add a part where Hermione finds herself in front of the Mirror of Erised. While most may think she would see herself as a well-accomplished witch finishing Hogwarts with a successful future, we find out in future books that she too has insecurities. Maybe what she would see, uh, she's an early, sheds an earlier light on those and make her seem more down to earth. Book one is definitely the Mirror of Air. Said book, it goes away and disappears and may or may not be seen later on. I'm, not, I'm trying to remember if it's in the rumor requirement later. I don't think it is. Um, so, yeah, if Hermione was ever to come face to face with the Mirror of Air, said it would have been in book one. It's uh, a big part of this of book one. Um, Harry and Ron spend time with it. Harry spends months with it um, or weeks at least. And uh, I like the suggestion from Andy. I do like uh, what Erica Downing says here. I want Neville to win more than 10 points for standing up to his friends. Neville is worth <laughs> more than 10. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Worth more than the trio combined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. But that's, but then, but again, that's Dumbledore's like dick move, right? <laughs> Where he's just like, he's just adding up 10 because it, it's, it's the number they need to put him over. Adam says, I would like to better understand Vernon and Petunia's rationale for not telling Harry he was a wizard. All we know is that they said, quote, we swore when we took him in, we'd put a stop to that rubbish, swore we'd stamp it out of him, end quote. How does this reconcile with the letter Dumbledore left for Petunia? Hmm. They're just very averse to magic, aren't they? I, yeah. I, and so that's their rationale. I don't think they have much rationale. They're They're simple thinkers. They are... People who are set in their ways, who don't want to accept people who are different. That's like one of the recurring yeah, themes. I, I'm I'm very satisfied with how that's played out in the existing book. I mean, mm-hmm. let's let's be clear. The opening line of the series is all about that exact part. Um, yeah. So it's is you just it's it's just it peaks early. The explanation for the Dursleys really is centered around the first chapter of the book that goes through Vernon Dursley spending his day avoiding people in the street who are dressed funny. I think that's Mm -hmm. the entirety of what you need to know about the Dursleys is in that chapter. Mm -hmm. I like this one's kind of funny from Virtuous Steve. A few too many plot developments depend on Hagrid giving away secrets. If you want to keep (laughs) something quiet, don't tell Hagrid. (laughs) Good point. I should not have said that. That's a good point. You know, and it's funny that the movie invented that little line that i shouldn't have have said said that that. because i was thinking back even in chapter one right uh doesn't haggard spill the beans um maybe not about his mission but something about feasts or parties or i don't know it just seems like a very haggard thing to do oh mcgonagall calls that out she's just like do you think it wise to trust haggard with because he oh yeah is known even back then for having such a big mouth well, was it the mouth or was it yeah, I guess it goes partly the mouth. I don't know. Hagrid's just kind of a a messy you know, it's just a disorganized character. So 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 putting him in charge of the baby seems maybe a little yeah. irresponsible from McGonagall's point of view. Mm-hmm. Katie wrote in and said, uh, Joe should have included what happened during the missing day. We never found out. I like that idea. Yeah, um, that's why it's missing. It, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in like the 30th anniversary edition of Philosopher's Stone, you'll find out exactly what happened. Yeah. And Gina writes in, I would have liked more information on side characters like Dean and Seamus. They're a pretty big part of the books, and to know that Dean's story got completely cut out is a little annoying. Yet there, there's that information that we know exists because Joe keeps talking about it in interviews, that it does exist. All she'll say about it is that it exists, um, but got cut due to time or pacing or whatever it is that she wants to say. But that's an example of something, you know, with Dean Thomas's backstory she said that he would end up have, having played an even larger role than he did and that his backstory is very relevant. Um, but we don't know what it is, and we still don't to this day. And it seems like if it's written, it would be something that, you know, if it's already written, it would be something that's easy to throw in tangentially to one of these, you know, house edition books or even put up on Pottermore. Yep. And uh, Nat Hawkins had similar feelings, but as they related to the professors uh, at Hogwarts, uh, he said that Philosopher's Stone would have been a brilliant time to get more detail into McGonagall, Flitwick, Sprout, and all the other professors besides the evil ones and Snape and Slughorn. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if it's just what Harry hears from gossiping students, all that detail that was left for Pottermore could have been slipped into this tiny book. Hmm. Yeah. I like this one from Thunder Puffer. This kind of goes back to a discussion we were having last episode about maybe seeing the Hufflepuff common room in Fantastic Beasts 2 <laughs> if we're going to see Teenage Newton Lena. She, uh, he or she just says, Thunder Puffer says, Trio experience Hufflepuff common room. Yeah. And Ashley adds, no, the Hufflepuff common room is so well hidden there has never been another house in ours because we are the actual smartest house. You know what? Talking about the Hufflepuff, that reminds me, in the Hufflepuff house edition book, it says that uh, Hufflepuff is the only house where you get punished, like actively punished if you uh, don't get in properly, if you don't give the right password. Apparently you're covered in something sticky. Not having the book, I don't know what it is, because uh, Danya didn't write what it was, but she said that it's like the only house that actively punished. Like, in addition to not being able to get into the common room, Hufflepuff has that sense of humor where you get like um, something unpleasant happens to you if you if you if you don't have the right password. Right. Well, yeah, but for Ravenclaw, you just have to wait to have somebody come along that has the answer to the riddle or yeah, same as same as Gryffindor password. If you forgot it, you need somebody who remembered it. What's the deal with Slytherin again? I I don't remember i should it's just is it uh done it's in the dungeons is it a couple of bricks or yeah. something well yeah you know actually i wanted to mention that earlier there's a sketch of the entrance to the, the common room yeah it is just a wall it but it looks like it's a sliding door well you and say there is you speak a word there's somebody standing outside of it in a cloak with a hood on so it's kind of mysterious but yeah mm. it's a very large it doesn't look dungeony to me because the ceiling is so darn high and yeah. usually dungeons, you know, they're kind of low overhang. Right. Um, but yeah, it looks like a sliding door. It looks very, very simple. <laughs> uh, it's still a cool portrait. Yeah. I would love to have that hanging up. Um, any others we want to read here? This one from Sam kind of jokes. When Harry Dudley and Piers went to the zoo for Dudley's birthday, <laughs> it would have been great if the snake ate Dudley instead of just scaring him. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have gotten that sweet redemption from from Dudley at the end of the series. Yeah, anyway. 
And that that great scene that was so great that they cut it from the movie. It's likely so great. The guinea would have choked on Dudley. So, ooh, ouch! That wasn't the guinea, but okay. Yes, it, it was Dursley's... confirmed. No, it was not no. confirmed. That was some weird theory. That was a boy snake, and the guinea's a girl snake. That uh, and then the Dudleys would have hated Harry even more. Like that's he, true. He would have never went back to that house again. Yeah. I don't think. That would have been interesting, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and go ahead. I was going to say these were all good. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll we'll wrap it up here for now. Yeah, these were interesting. I was Micah suggested this question, and I was kind of hesitant at first because I didn't want people to like think we're complaining. But any any work is open to uh, uh, you know criticism, and these are fun plot changes. So yeah. thanks to everybody who submitted stuff over on patreon.com slash mugglecast. Our Patreon is what keeps this show going, especially weekly. We hit that goal a few months ago, and we love um, everybody who is supporting us. We we try to give you great benefits. We're going to be changing some things around over on Patreon in the near future, we would, and uh, we would love your support for as little as $2 a month. For just $2, you'll get ad-free mugglecast. You'll get access to show notes. You'll be able to listen live as we record and then Dumbledore's army and the slug club levels have additional benefits, including bonus muggle cast installments, chapter readings, and we send you stuff yeah. in the mail for the stickers. I needed, I needed something to safely mail the stickers to all of our slug club members. So I wanted cards to put them in and I just went on Amazon and I couldn't find Harry Potter greeting cards in bulk. So I just found these really cute happy birthday cards. <laughs> so I sent all of our slug club members happy birthday cards. <laughs> I, I love it. I saw the one with the flamingo. People are taking pictures of them. Yeah, um, there's different animals. They were just so cute. I was like, why not? <laughs> I, I think they're great. Also, uh, it's our birthday coming up in uh, August. So it's happy true. birthday. I'll to, to, yeah. I'll have to write a card. To, I'll, I'll just send a card to our P.O. box for you. Yeah, please do. Then I can have one. <laughs> So next week's episode should be a good one. We'll talk about newts. We'll have a guest on the show. It's not J.K. Rowling. No, and it's. I yes, just want to put that out there right You're now. You're deflecting. Oh, if it was, it would be the lavender brown episode. You just know it. Would. <laughs> By saying it's not J.K. Rowling, you really mean that it is J.K. Rowling, that, right? Right. It's it's floorable, laughable, low, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Whatever that. That's not a real person. Floorable, laughable is not real. No, but uh, I think it's fair to say that it's um, somebody who has ties to Newt. So how appropriate that uh, we'll be discussing him on our next episode. Can we just say it's not J.K. Rowling? No, No, it's not. No, no further further clues or hints. I won't give any more clues. Yeah. I just just want to manage expectations. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but okay. No, no, it's a good guess. Um. So yeah, that that'll be a, that'll be a good episode next week. That'll be a lot of fun. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>